Welcome back, everybody. The Pod Bowl is in the books. We've been waiting for a year for this. We started the podcast exactly one year ago today. We finally got that Vikings 49ers matchup. We thought we were going to get it last year in the playoffs. Wasn't meant to be. But here we go. It happened, and I cannot believe it, but the Vikings surprisingly surprisingly emerged victorious against Joey's exhausted and beleaguered 49ers 22-17 final. The Vikings season is back on. I'm pumped. Was the main story on uh, ESPN and Fox today talking about that win. Um, was texting you during the game last night, obviously. Huge one. We've been waiting so long for it. Um, as a Niners fan, obviously, it must have been really frustrating given all the you know penalties and turnovers and whatnot. But overall, after a year of waiting, what was it like to finally have the Pod Bowl uh you know, and actually see our two teams go up against each other, Joey. Yeah, it was super fun. Super fun. <laughs> That's exactly what I hoped. Um, no, that was awful. That was uh, pathetic. Um, like, I don't, I, I'm not surprised they lost. I mean, I mean, I think the Vikings are better than the record. Did I think they were going to lose? No, I didn't. Even with the injuries. Um because Minnesota, I mean, you guys are missing your best player. I'm like, okay, somewhat fair. Um, but, yeah, I mean, from start, well, I wouldn't say start. You know, obviously get the turnover in the first drive. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, like this is going to look I, I like how I thought it was going to look. I was like, here we fucking go again. <laughs> like, they got the turnover, and then Purdy, like, couple throws. I'm like, okay, we're, we're rolling. And then, again, like, McCaffrey fumbles second time in three weeks in the red zone. Um Again, I don't know where the good place on the field to fumble it. Like, you fumble it on your own 10, like you set the other team up, but you fumble it on the opposing 10, and you're like, wow, that was points. So maybe the 50? fumble it at, at, the, I don't know. at midfield. Yeah, that's the only I don't know. acceptable like, place to fumble it. But again, like, and just, I don't know. What, like, I saw McCaffrey played every snap. Like, is he hurt or is he not? Like, why do we have Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason? Like, I you know, it's not like – I mean, he had the touchdown catch, you know, nice, but it was set up on blocking. He didn't do anything crazy. I'm not going to say he didn't help the play on his touchdown, but, like, you know, is his injury contributing to the fumbles? I don't think so, but I – and then Vikings I mean, he's, go – he's questionable all week, and, and he plays whatever it ended up being, 60-something snaps. Yeah. I, Pretty wild. Like, I think I texted you, but I'm just like this – Every time Purdy does well, it's because he's got an all-star team. But, like, when we lose, like, obviously Purdy had just a horrendous fourth quarter. But, like, fumble, stop fumbling the ball. Stop, like, I... And coming from a Niners fan whose team is 5-2, and two, the Vikings have I, 14 turnovers through seven weeks. So, obviously, you've had... I wasn't even a Vikings fan, and I'm like, damn, like, y'all need to stop turning the ball over. Um, but... Like, I, I saw that it was the first time in, like, 16 or 17 games, um, regular season games, that the Niners had, had lost the turnover battle. It's like, well, no wonder you're winning a lot of games. That's kind of a big stat. It was like, yeah, they lost it 3-1. Three to, three to one. Yeah, yeah, two picks and a fumble and then the, the one pick. Um, they showed Shanahan in the, in the post-game press conference, and he said, we lost the turnover battle 3-1. to one. That's why we lost the game. And then... Basically, any time the reporters asked him questions to elaborate, he's like, lost a turnover battle. Lost a turnover yeah, battle. I, and you're like, yeah? It, it is. It, 
it's just crazy because like if I really wanted to put like my absolute just Niners colored glasses on, like you know if that one play at the end of the first half, which I on why on God's green earth did we bring seven? I like <laughs> I, I heard this today too, like on the radio coming home that it was the first time any NFL team last like three years has brought seven with under 30 seconds left in, in like, the first or second half. Mm. Like, like if I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm like, well, he could have picked it very well, and, like, you know, the other guy just made a play. Literally identical plays. I, how does that, like, how weird is that? Very bizarre. The same two, the same two <laughs> each get one, and it's just like, oh, well, he could have had a pick, and we might have brought it all the way back. I'm like, you know what would have been a better decision to just not give up seven or six, yeah. whatever. But, Prevent defense there would have been, I mean, at worst we would have gotten. Because, like, you could say if that one play, well, the Niners won the game. But I'm like, okay, well, also the Vikings, I mean, we stopped you guys, I think, twice first goal to go like, to, to force yep. field goals. Because I was like, oh, you missed Jefferson. And then I was like, did you? Like, how many more passing yards could you have had? <laughs> like, what do you throw 35. for 550? Like five of forty-five for three seventy-eight, two touchdowns, hundred and twenty-one point five passer rating against like, the best defense in the NFL. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I'm so sick of that because this isn't the first game. This this is look like this. We'll get we'll get to it in the bum of the week, but like, <laughs> I all we heard oh, Minnesota just can't run the ball, can't run the ball, and it's like the first few plays, it's like. Was it seven yards a carry? Like that was the most surprising thing. So if if folks listen to our preview of the Pod Bowl, I said the the first drive of the game for the Niners is what's going to dictate to me whether we're going to have a chance. Well, we turn the ball over on the first drive like we have in pretty much every other game this season. The Niners march right down and they're about to score. McCaffrey fumbles, and I'm thinking. Okay, that's a huge break. This is the first time, like, all year where we got, like, a break very early in the game. And then as you're watching the rest of the game go forward, I realized more and more that the Vikings were going to be in it, mostly because Niners could not generate the kind of pass rush and the kind of run stopping that I expect from them, partly because it looked like Greenlaw was injured on almost every play. Warner got a massive stinger on his thigh on one of the I, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> oh, like this could get any worse. Like we're, we're losing and Fred is dead. And, <laughs> and then he comes back two plays later. Like, like you don't really – I didn't at least – I didn't see like a good replay on it until they got back from the commercial break. I was like – the whole commercial break, I'm like torn quad – Blew out his Achilles, like something so terrible. And then you see the replay, it's just, no, it's just like the worst Charlie horse of all time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was a knockdown slugfest type game. Jordan Addison was in and out of the game with injuries. Um, You know, everybody in this game was exhausted by the end. There were multiple players on both sidelines with cramps they were talking about in the post-game press conference. I mean, to me as a Vikings fan, obviously it's incredibly encouraging. I think this is the best Cousins game for the Vikings this year probably I don't know maybe since that 2018 game where I think he threw for over 500 against uh, Chicago so it's like okay this is you know an epic performance but the point that you were making yesterday and that you're making today is yes it's an impressive win for the Vikings but the biggest takeaway is the Niner defense is not what you know everybody else was saying it was going into that Cleveland game oh I mean like, they so they stopped. You know, they held Pittsburgh. The Rams, I mean, went up and down the field that game. And then they played the Giants. But there were a couple drives, like, the Giants didn't have a problem, you know, 
scoring. And, you know, Arizona moved the ball a bit. And then you get to these other, these better teams. I mean, Cleveland had no Deshaun, which, like, I don't think he's, you know, the old Deshaun, whatever that was. And no Nick Chubb. And it was, like, just up and down the field. And, and, and Stefanski, I, I don't know if, if, you know, him and O'Connell, I mean, they probably do know each other somewhere. Um, but, they, they, like, they killed us with the screens and, like, they, they just completely use the 49ers' aggressiveness just to get up the field with their scheme. Like, like they don't make any bones about it. Like, they, they – they, it's just put your hand in the dirt and get after the passer. And if you don't do it right, like, there are holes. And this, this honestly, the, the saddest quote – not sad, but the most damning quote I heard after the game was from Nick Bosa, who, like, huh, hello, like, where the hell are you? Um <laughs> He's like, we usually were a four, we're like a four rush team, but he's like, he's like, this year it seems a little different. I'm like, yeah, Steve Wilkes is his biggest difference between the previous two guys is he blitzes so much compared, and like, we're not getting home. Like, Kirk drops back 45 times and we don't get home once, and we're blitzing more. Like, Kirk is really good. Like, I, you know, good for him. I've been like probably a bigger Kirk fan than most people. Like, you could do a whole hell of a lot worse than Kirk Cousins, which, by the way, big picture, like, like do you keep him? I mean, <laughs> like, you could get a lot worse. Like, really, Prime a lot worse. <laughs> like, you know, I I, I just... But, but their that's defenses, the story of the game, right? Is, I mean, 45 pass attempts, no sacks. Their money is allocated so heavily into that, and it's just, this year has just been nowhere. Absolutely. Like I said, Nick Bosa, I think, has one sack while being blocked. Yeah. The other two were just completely blown assignments, and he went straight into the quarterback. I, That's the biggest thing. <laughs> the, the defense. I mean, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, I think those guys are playing lights out, especially Fred, although I think he had a not his best game yesterday. Because um, they, threw, they threw a couple times, like, over the middle, and he was kind of like, which one am I um, – not a great game for It honestly looked like Kevin O'Connell knew what plays we were running on defense. Honestly. I Yeah, I'm, I was going to say Warden Lenore did not have a good... I mean, no Jefferson out there and you give up, you know, 378 passing yards. That's a damning, you know, situation I, I, for the second. I think that's team. mostly on the pass rush. Like, I... There were some times I thought that, like, especially Ward, I thought, like... Even, like, the, they were in the double move where he got the illegal contact and it's like... Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with the pass rush because Kirk snapped it, took like maybe two steps and just threw the, you know, the go route or the stop and go. And he was just, I mean, he's lucky that they call a flag because that was a touchdown. <laughs> I, yeah. They're deep, uh, yikes. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, we've been waiting for that game for a long time. It did not disappoint. I thought, you know, obviously it's our two teams, but it was probably the best Monday night game of the year. The only other candidate would have been that opening week game against uh, or where it was Buffalo and New York but I mean obviously that was very different and a very poorly played offensive game this was just a, a slugfest uh, really good one Vikings improved to three and four the season is back on uh, they really don't play a truly challenging game until week 15 at Cincinnati which jury's still out on them so um, Vikings looking up Niners have lost two in a row. Very strange to say on this podcast when the Niners have had almost it no regular like the, it season It feels adversity. like the sky is absolutely falling. <laughs> Relatively. 
Yeah, I mean, other than the NFC Championship game on this podcast, it's been peachy basically every week. So, strange waters ahead for the Niners. Uh, let's start looking at next week. The Niners are hosting Cincinnati. Um, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're facing the Bengals off the bye. Looks like Burrow's going to be fully healthy for this game. He's had enough time to rest. Uh, the Niners pass rush, as you said, they're on red alert. It's a must-win game. It's a must, you know, pressure game for the for the Niner defense where they just got to get home against that weak offensive line and against Burrow. Um, going into this game, it feels like a must-win. It feels like this is one where Kyle's got to scheme something up where they put up 30-plus. Yeah, I mean, as crazy as it is, like, they had the injuries, you know. I mean, obviously you would have liked Trent Williams and, and Devo Samuel out there. But, I, I mean, I thought the offensive line held up enough. I thought Purdy, at least in the first three quarters, I thought he was, I thought he was our best player, honestly. The first three quarters, I thought he was, uh, I think he was like 16 of 19 after three quarters for like 2.15 and a touchdown. And I thought he uh, got out of a couple sacks and ran. And then the fourth quarter happened and, like, yeah, I, I mean, what was that? But um, I, I have fully confidence in the offense. It's just the defense. Like, you, like again, you said it. The Bengals' offensive line is not good. And you're at home now. You're going to have, like... They cannot run the ball with Mixon. They just can't. Like, I mean, it's... <laughs> this I, is they, your chance. They, like, they have to. Like, I, I just... You know how, like, Jake Moody had to make... The, I mean, Willie, I thought he had to make the first one, and he missed it. But I'm, I'm out, I was absolutely shocked Kyle sent him out for the 55-yarder, and he I mean, he drilled it. And I was like, okay, I think we'll not call Robbie after this one because I was like, that, that, was, that was good. The defense needs that same thing. Like, you need something. Because, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't get any confidence beating Dallas the way they did. I mean, maybe they just think Dak is that bad. But, like, yeah, you got to do something. Because we got the bye, and then they get they go to Jacksonville, who is rolling. Um it could snowball quick. It can snowball quick. Yeah, yeah, this is a really important one for the Niners. A get-right game. You've lost two in a row, but those were both on the road. They're back at the friendly convite, confines there in Levi's. Uh, Got to have that one. Uh, Vikings head to Green Bay. Uh, we're looking at a dangerous flat spot here after, like, a really, you know, Kirk wins a primetime game against a really good team. I mean, Vikings fans are as pumped up as they've been this season. Now you go to your main rival on the road in division. Uh, the line opened Green Bay minus two and a half. I bet the Vikings there plus two and a half. It's moved to pick them, and now in some places Vikings minus one off of the performance last night. Uh, we, I mean, you're three and four, so you still have to have this one. Um, you know, as an unbiased observer, when you look at the Vikings heading into Green Bay, is this one that they have to have just because of how bad Jordan Love is playing right now? Yeah, it's a have to have because they're a lot better than the Packers. I, I, I mean, yeah, as great of a win as it was last night for Minnesota, if you back it up with an L to the Packers, that's a kick in the dick. Like <laughs> it, especially like yeah, you said your biggest rival. Like I mean, they are not playing well. Jordan Love looks lost. Um, it's so nice after frickin' 30-plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback play for the Packers for them to finally have a guy that sucks. Oh, is it good. It's just, yeah, he, it's been my entire life. <laughs> you know, he had a pretty decent preseason, I thought. Well, I think most people thought, and then he got to the regular season. I thought he had a couple good moments early on, but lately, ever since the Monday night game against the Raiders, I mean, just what what are we looking at? Um, <laughs> some of his, I mean... Obviously, Purdy threw a couple uh, WTFs, 
last yeah. night, but love is, yeah, ever since, just, huh? That was an arm punt. Um, yeah, no, Vikings. I mean, they're better than the Packers. They, uh, I don't care that it's in Lambeau. They should, they should beat them. I'm not going to say they win by 10, but, like, they should win. Yeah, absolutely got to have it. Yeah, so the Vikings absolutely have to have that Green Bay game. Um, the week after that, they're going, I believe, to uh, New Orleans, which is another weak team. So, I mean, it's looking like there's a chance at the playoffs. Uh, Marcellus Wiley and a couple of the other guys on Fox today were talking about the Vikings uh, in, a, in a weak NFC definitely being a playoff contender now. Oh, so. they absolutely could. Yeah, the, the narrative has shifted with how the Rams have been playing poorly. Right now, if the, if the season ended, Atlanta would win the division and the Bucks would be the seventh seed. Like, not exactly a murderer's row for the Vikings to get by in the NFC to make the playoffs. I don't know if we catch Detroit, but that's a story for another day. Um, Rams, uh, off of a tough loss, they're playing Dallas. Actually, let's start with, with Thursday night football. Um, Tampa Bay at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by nine in this game. Did anybody watch last week and the week before? They were awful against the Giants. They were awful against the Patriots. Why are they favored by nine in this game, Joey? It makes no sense. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, well, Buffalo is one of those teams that I guess people just have faith in no matter what. Um, Like, they just don't believe what they're seeing. Because what I'm seeing is a very average football team. Um, I was pretty down on Buffalo coming into the season. And that Miami game kind of made me a little nervous with my... You know, prognostication, but the last two weeks, boy, I feel – or three. Is this three yeah. straight losses? Yeah, because it was – the Miami was before the, the, the London yep. game. Yeah, and then they came home with the Giants, and then, I mean, they let Mac Jones go 25 of 30, I believe, the game-winning <laughs> touchdown. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? I know you guys got injuries. You guys are missing – or you guys. Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo's missing <laughs> uh, Matt Milano for the season, and, and then uh, Tredavious White's out, but uh, come on. Like – Sean McDermott, 25 again. of 30 for 272 for Mac Jones, who was very close to losing his job. Like, very bad. I mean, again, Sean McDermott, another one of those defensive guys. I don't want to say he's like a culture guy, but defensive guy, clearly. A lot like Ron Rivera, defensive guy. But, like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> your defense isn't – I mean, well, Sean McDermott's had a better defense. I'm, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt with some of the injuries. But still, like – I think they he's have on enough the talent there. Yeah, they, I, he's, they. Like, Josh Allen has regressed. I know sometimes he looks, you know, really good. Every time he throws to Diggs and it's not complete, I feel like Diggs is going to lose it. I. It's just, Bottom line, though, you cannot give up 29 to Mac Jones in a no. game. I mean, man. No. Like, I. Hey, Say what you Bill. want about their hideous performance on Sunday Night Football against. Uh, the Giants, they only gave up nine points. Like, it wasn't yeah. a terrible showing. 29 to Mac Jones, who couldn't score against the Raiders the week prior. I mean, <laughs> not yeah. looking good there in Buffalo. So, if I was to bet on this game, I would bet Tampa Bay plus nine. I couldn't believe that line is that high. Obviously, I mean, Buffalo, not a very good their team. schedule, they got to they gotta pull it together to make the playoffs. Yeah, at four and three, it's no longer a guarantee. And, I mean, look who's coming. It's Zach Wilson and the Jets. They're coming on. One, two in a row. They're three and three, only half game back. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, I got I thought that would be. Hey, Robert Sullivan might get coach of the year if he makes the playoffs. Oh, if he can get to 10 wins with that team, absolutely. Tip of the cap to him. Uh, let's start with the Sunday slate. Rams are at Dallas. Dallas is favored by six and a half. Feels a little bit strong, but Dallas is off the bye and at home. 
the Rams are coming off a really tough home loss to Pittsburgh. Um, that's probably the game of the morning slate. If I, anything, I probably lean Rams there plus six and a half. But I mean, it appears to be a Rams offense that's wholly reliant on Cup, Nakua, and Stafford, and then the defense is just Aaron Donald. Like it is a team with a few stars who are really carrying the team right now. And then Dallas, I mean, that defense really should have its way with with the Ram offensive line. So it's a tough one to pick, but. I mean, as a Niner fan, you'll be rooting for Dallas here, I would imagine. Oh, that's a good question. I don't that's know. a tough one to know. think, right? It, like, like you probably, have to assume that. But like, like, like it's one of those things. Like, oh yeah, screw the Rams, right? But like, if if the Niners really feel like they have to have the Rams lose to finish ahead of them, like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. Yeah, or maybe you, you do root for. You know, it's like it's like what am I? What am I like? Am I also gonna be like, let's go Ravens? Like, gotta beat those Cardinals? Like, <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I probably root for. Honestly, you know, yeah, I'd root for the Rams because, again, if we're in a if we're in a conversation with the Rams at the end of the season, then some the shit went bad. Major problems, yeah, but. That's true. I mean, here's the thing. Now losing two straight games, if somehow we don't win the division, which at this point is very much possible. You see, that's um, only a half game back. Uh, it'll be like the Niners and like a team like Dallas fighting for the five seed, I guess, because you know, I would assume Philly does win that division, although their schedule gets tougher. And still Philly's play schedule Dallas is brutal, so hey, maybe Dallas wins the division and you you know, you got to make sure you finish ahead of them for home field, so... Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I think Dallas wins. I off of, I think the, I think the Rams are kind of like that underdog fighter who like tried to get a knockout in the first couple rounds and is just out of gas. Yeah, like, I mean, before the season, you said the Rams. Were I thought they were one of the worst teams ever, and then they, they you know what? They they really impressed me, and then um, they're under five hundred though, so they're not exactly you know a team that's exceeded expectations too massively when you look at the record they lost at home to to the Steelers so uh Steelers I thought they'd finish like 3 and 14 before the season so <laughs> they kind of already got it. 3 yeah. in the bank <laughs> um looking at the early slate uh Atlanta minus 3 at Tennessee this looks like Willis versus Ritter barf like what an awful quarterback matchup if you saw anything from Malik Willis last year uh, in that game on Sunday Night Football against Kansas City. That guy is not ready for prime time. And Ritter, oh my God, I cannot believe they won that game at Tampa Bay. Uh, if you watched any of that game, three turnovers for Ritter in the red zone, including two fumbles at the one-yard line. Like, he is the worst player in the NFL right now. Like, if you just watch the games. Like, yes, the stats for certain players can be worse, like Zach Wilson and Fields when he has a bad day and you know, some offensive lineman like McGlinchey can have just the worst game of his life. Watch the games and tell me Ritter is not the worst player in the NFL right now. I mean, that they probably could have won that game by 25-plus points. He turned the ball over at the one-yard line three times. Like, Ritter is a tire fire. I, I'm really leaning Tennessee in this matchup, especially getting three points at home, even though they have, you know, muddled quarterback situation. Crazy that Atlanta would be favored by three over anybody. This is just a horrible game. <laughs> I, bad. Uh, Ritter's awful, and Malik Willis might be worse. 
Um, I just Le- you think Levis should get a look? I mean, with Tannehill hurt, this is probably the time. I don't know. No, because I really don't. I'm really not a believer in like let's give a guy a look for no reason. Not not in football. There's too many guys. Right. There's too many guys with you know. It's such a tough island sport. Like we don't want like it just sends a bad message. I don't think I don't think Vrabel's that type of guy either. Um, mm-hmm. You know, other sports, yeah. Who gives a shit? Like let's see what this guy's got. Like, but football, there's only 17 games. Like, mm-hmm. practice sucks. You, you train all off. I, I just I think it sends a terrible message to do that. Um, now, if Willis goes out there and just stinks it up, sure. But to go st- have him start the game. Vrabel said both of them will play in this game. I think that's more of a decoy than anything. It does appear that it'll be Willis, but well, that's one reason to look at that matchup. You may get to see the uh, debut of Levis. Um, another early game, New Orleans at Indy. Uh, Indy's favored by one and a half off of that crazy game against Cleveland last week that they lost 39-38. Main note for me in this one is after watching Thursday night last week, Derek Carr is at the stage of his career that Tom Brady was at last year, and he's like 12 or 13 years younger than Brady was. He is horrified of getting hit back there. Like, does anybody get the ball out quicker? Not even efficiently. He's just Sometimes he just dumps it to Camaro within a half second. You want to talk about a guy who doesn't want contact. I mean, Derek Carr, washed watch, is officially on. Yeah, I, uh, he, I mean, yeah, I couldn't say it any better. He, I know ever since his injury, it sure feels like, I, I, he's one of the guys I always thought was better than what people thought, but I, I, I've, I've watched him quite a bit. I thought he was kind of getting dragged down by their, just the Raiders' whole operation. Thought he was going to come to the Saints. I mean, you did too. You picked them to win the division. I, I mean, I didn't. I'm not going to mention who I picked, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched the Thursday night game, and, and, and it's just like the first half of the just looked awful. Like, they, the, yeah. you know, they, they have pieces on offense. I think they have a really good defense. Like, they should be better than they are. And There's no reason they shouldn't win that division easily. Not like, oh, we'll get there at 9-8. and eight. They should win that division easily with the roster they have. Yeah, I, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Um, he... Yeah, he just doesn't want to get hit. He, he you know, I, I, they should, they should not be uh, underdogs to the Colts. I mean, I know the Colts have looked better than people think, but yeah, Steichen's been good. Minshew's actually held his own. I get it, but if you're giving points to the to the uh, Colts on the road, something has gone tremendously wrong. So that NFC South is just a tire fire, total mess right now. Here's a weird line. New England at Miami. So the look-ahead line, which they post before the Sunday games, you know, the week prior, was uh, Miami minus 13. It's dropped to Miami minus 8.5 after that Sunday night showing and after the Patriots' upset win against Buffalo. Give me Miami all the every every dollar I got on Miami minus eight and a half there they love beating bad teams this is a great spot for Miami to get right why is this only eight and a half I'm worried that there's some sort of you know reason that maybe Belichick has turned a corner here but it looks so obvious yeah I agree with you I before this week I would have said Miami minus like 14 and a half but I I just think Miami has slowed down a bit. Um, they played in New England earlier on that Sunday night game, and the game Waddle was closer may be than I injured. thought. That's one. Yeah, I just think, I, I just think maybe there's something there with 
you know how to play them. Granted, Philly's a lot more talented than uh, New England is, but um, I don't think I don't think it's as big a blowout as I would have said. But yeah, still, I, I would think Miami covers. They're just yeah, they're just way more sense. talented than. They're going to put up a lot of points. No matter how well the Patriots defense plays, they're going to put up a lot of points. And I, I trust Fangio to get it right and not give up a big point total to to uh, Mac Jones there. Um, let's look at the Battle of New York. The Giants are hosting the Jets, nominally hosting. It'll probably be a 50-50 split on fans there. Jets are off the bye. Giants off what I would call a fluke win against Washington. Uh, a lot of things had to break their way for them to win that game 14-7. to We liked it because... We bet the Giants plus two on this podcast, but uh, I like the Jets here off the bye. I think this is a team that's energized. I think they've looked at Miami and Buffalo struggling the past couple weeks, and they've said, hey, this thing's there for the take, and they're rallying around Zach Wilson, which is so bizarre to see, but uh, I, I like the Jets in this game. Who do you like? Yeah, I think the Jets beat them. I think they're they're better. I, I you know, Zach Wilson is, is, is you know, hasn't crashed the ship yet. Um, and their defense is so good, I don't think the Giants are going to be able to move the ball at all. Sneaky good game uh, coming up here. Jacksonville minus 2.5 at Pittsburgh. Jags on extra rest after playing on Thursday. Steelers are a sneaky 4-2. and two. I think that line's a little high for Jacksonville to be favored by almost a field goal on the road and a terrible place to play for opposing teams in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I kind of like Pittsburgh there. I've been thinking about putting that as one of my picks of the week. But you have been a little bit more high on Jacksonville than I have from the outset of the season. I had them going 8-9, and nine, and I think you had them going 10-7. and seven. Yeah, they're playing well. Uh, playing well right now. Um, really starting to get you know the offense, offensive pieces all kind of squared away with their roles. And, yeah, the only thing, Pittsburgh, especially at home, uh, T.J. Watt looks like an absolute force. And, He's been so good. Uh, I Other mean, than Garrett, probably the best this year. I mean, I haven't watched as much Miles Garrett. I mean, he's having a off the chart. You know, he had a monster game Sunday, especially the field goal block too. But yeah. I, I mean, TJ Watt had a pick. I mean, he's just everywhere. Like every game I watch it, I feel like Steelers have been in prime time a bit more. I mean, the game he had against Garrett in Cleveland on that Monday nighter, I think he had like yeah. three sacks. He's all over the place. Um, yeah, I, my initial reaction was like, yeah, of course Jacksonville's going to win. Pittsburgh, you know, can't move Pittsburgh's the ball. Pittsburgh's offense but, is struggling. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, are the Jaguars going to be able to move the ball? I mean, I, I would I would think they have, I think, a really good offense. But ETN's Pitt- been really good. I, I, yeah. He, I, he doesn't come to mind when you think top running backs in the NFL, but he has been this year. Yeah, no, I they're – they're really good on offense, so it'll be a good matchup there. I just I think the Jacksonville defense is a bit better than Pittsburgh's offense. Um, oh, without a doubt, they want to fire Matt Canada so bad, but they keep winning, and the fans are like, "Yeah, get this guy out." I love that video of the touchdown pick it through, and then he was like not happy because he checked on. the play. Yeah, he's like, "I know we just won the game, but that wasn't the play I called." I'm like, "What a dick!" <laughs> That's Philly, it's like I don't know how people I don't know how people like. Be like you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get fired for that. Like it's just, I don't <laughs> it's know. like just pretend that you care about winning and not your own pride. Ridiculous. Yeah. Philly minus five and a half at Washington. I heard someone the other day because of their logo call them the Washington Taco Holders. I was like that's actually not bad. I want to steal that. But uh, the, the Taco the logo, Holders, you know, like it's like a W, like that thing that holds the tacos oh. at the restaurant. 
I was like, that's pretty good. I feel like I got to steal that one for the pod. Um, Washington, yeah, catching five and a half points. I love Philly in this spot, even though they're coming off a Sunday night win that was ecstatic and the Philly sports scene is at its all-time high with the looks like the Phillies are going to make the World Series. I really think that this is like a spot where they just hammer them like, and maybe put Rivera out of a job. Couldn't believe this was only five and a half. I think that it's that way because of the game in Philly a few weeks ago where Washington almost won in overtime, but I think they lay the beat down here. Yeah, I I think the game this week for uh, Washington kind of took their soul, losing to yeah. the Giants and Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah, I think... Good bounce back from Tyrod off the jack and the bum of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, huge huge win for him, and, and the, well, the Giants are going nowhere. It's not that big of a win, but for him, yeah, sure. Uh, Washington, I mean, you just, like... The, the, they don't pass the stink test right now. I mean, that locker room is probably just absolutely miserable. Um, I mean, I, Sam Howell has been sacked 41 times. He's on pace to break David Carr's record of most sacks in a season. He is getting obliterated back there. Yeah, and uh, Mr. What is it, Jonathan Allen in his postgamer, like that seems like vibes are high yeah. uh, for Washington. No, they're going to get rolled. Yeah, this has been a tire fire since before the season. We bet – uh, we made that probably our most, uh, you know, our favorite bet of the offseason, Washington under seven and a half wins, and I, I think that's going to get there. Uh, players are turning on Rivera. Players are turning on Bienemy, uh, and that team has looked like dog crap the past three weeks. So uh, tough one there for Washington. We like Philly a lot at minus five and a half there. Our guy, D'Amico Ryan's minus three with his Houston Texans at Carolina. Texans are rested, healthy, motivated. A playoff spot is there for the taking cakewalk schedule i like houston here i think a lot of people are going to like houston seems like it could be a little bit of a trap with carolina also coming off the bye but i i don't see any reason why anyone wouldn't take houston in this spot yeah no no chance yeah number two overall pick cj stroud against number one overall pick bryce young and oh my god does bryce young have to have this game holy moly um, Frank Reich has ceded the play calling duties to his offensive coordinator in a bid to try to in- inject something. Just, what does that even do? Like you're the <laughs> offensive guy, you're the boss. I'm gonna give this guy like. Doesn't that look so bad? Six games in, he's like, I give up. Not good. Not good, Bob. Yeah, not um, good, Bob. <laughs> Cleveland at Seattle in the late window. That's a good one. Uh, Cleveland's defense, uh, at least until last week, was on a historic pace. Going to Seattle, who. I mean, they need DK badly. As we saw last week, they only put up 20 against Arizona uh, without Metcalf. I think they got to get him back and healthy uh, and put up some points here against a Cleveland defense that, yes, they're incredibly good, and Miles Garrett is a beast, but they showed a little a little crack last week and given up 38 points to uh, Indy on the road. So this will be a good one. I, I lean Seattle here uh, minus the points. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um... Yeah, Seattle. Watson like, Watson appears to be out. They just said four to six week injury. Just came across um, that his you know injury. okay <laughs> that reminds me because I had a thought and that reminded me of it. If the Vikings did want to trade Kirk, how, like do you think they could send him to Cleveland? I, I don't know the money works, but if they put like have... if they put Deshaun like on IR like long term IR like. Basically, so they remove yeah, his cap for the year. Yeah, he goes back with Kevin Stefanski with that team and that defense. Like, 
I was like, had we lost last night, that probably would have been something I would. But have here's made. the thing. No, see, because I do think you, I do think you know, you, you beat the Green Bay, like you're right in it. So. And the death. I mean, if we lose this weekend, we're still three and five. It's like I don't think there's a scenario where we trade anybody of value um, at the deadline, regardless of what happens on Sunday. But there was a piece that came out this week about you know where Cousins could go next week and ESPN. And man, Cleveland was the one they were beating the drum on, and I was like, really? really? Like, how do they pull that off? With you know Watson's cap on there, I didn't even read that. And uh, well, they were talking about how much, how like you know Shanahan would want him until he found Purdy. Like even if they still were given Lance a shot, this probably would have been Kirk to the to the Niners in twenty twenty four or even last year. But now that they have Purdy and his super low cap number, it's moot. But yeah, they were saying obviously the teams we discussed: the Jets, Atlanta, whoever. yeah, we like we but, like Seattle in that one minus two and a half. But yeah, your point on Watson was like, get that guy out of there. I mean, I, I PJ Walker apparently has the locker room more than he does. Like nobody gave when a you're, shit that he when, was hurt. When, when your coach has to confirm that he still is the leader of the football team, that means he's not the leader of the football team. <laughs> I saw you say the quote just said Stefanski. Like, yeah, Watson's still you know leader of this team. I'm like. But but you but it came out he's four to six weeks. Yeah, they were saying that the rotator cuff injury he has for baseball players it's much more common and that's a four to six week injury. So they're saying they expect him to at least be out this week if not getting placed on IR and miss uh, IR and missing a minimum of four games. So uh, that's why I like Seattle a lot there. I would not be surprised if that moved from two and a half up to like four or more. Um, Kansas yeah. City at Denver they're favored by eight. Um, the Chiefs' offense, I think, has turned a corner with that performance against uh, the Chargers on Sunday. They looked fantastic. That looked like the Chiefs of old. And finally, mercifully, Taylor Swift is back on tour. She's going to be in uh, South America for like three months. So no more of that during our football games, at least starting this week uh, until the Super Bowl. So thank goodness no more of panning that panning uh, over to uh, the Mahomes Kelsey luxury box every single time they hook up for a pass. I'm so sick of that. I'm so <laughs> sick. I don't even know why. I don't know why it's so annoying. I don't. But as for the football game, yeah, this is this is not going to be close. It's just yeah. like it's I, they lost they win. lost to the, the to Detroit week 1 without their couple guys and it was like, "Oh, different Chiefs team." It's like, "No, like week 7 or 8, they're like Six and one, and it's like yeah. Who has the best record in the NFL? And it's like, uh, where's those games in January going to be played? And like, who's? It's just like, wow. The AFC KFC, uh, KC Invitational continues. Yeah, the KFC. Uh, there's no the KFC Invitational. <laughs> the KFC ten piece uh, drumstick and thigh. Yeah. yeah. Baltimore minus eight and a half at Arizona. So my note on this game is this is the ultimate flat spot for Baltimore. They just thrashed Detroit. Everyone is singing Lamar's praises. I think everyone assumes this is a 10-plus point victory for Baltimore. Normally, I would hammer Baltimore here because I like betting against bad teams at any price point, but this looks like a flat spot, especially in the first half. Arizona is, like, right in it in every game at the half, and then they fall apart after that. We saw it against Seattle. We saw it against the Cowboys where they won. Uh, We saw it against the Giants, and then we saw it against um, the 49ers even, so... Um, at least in the first half, I think this will be a close game. But this worries me. This is a flat spot for Baltimore traveling across the country. Yeah, I mean it shouldn't be, but <laughs> could be. Um, yeah, 
You got to Lamar win. is an win. MVP candidate right now, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Probably. I mean, you could argue he's number one. It's the last week, he was the best player of anyone. He had the best week of any player in the NFL. Uh, they won what was it, thirty-eight to six. We had uh, Baltimore as one of our picks uh, for the over in that game, and it was it was uh, thirty-eight to three. And I was like, "Are we really going to lose on this?" But the the Lions kicked a garbage time field goal to get us the over on that. So we thank you on that, Dan Campbell. Um, Sunday night football. This has to be the worst Sunday night football game in recent memory. I can't think of one worse. I remember there was one back in like the year where Peyton Manning was hurt for the Colts, where it was Colts at um, Saints on Sunday night football with Curtis Painter at quarterback for the Colts. And I think it was 62-0 to zero New Orleans, one like that comes to mind. We have Chicago at the Chargers on Sunday night football with Tyson Bagent starting for Chicago. Chargers favored by more than a touchdown is a very bizarre sight to see. It seems a little risky, but God, what an awful Sunday night game. It's terrible. I can't believe Why was this not flexed? Uh, yeah. I. Problem is, honestly, what would you flex it for? I mean, I'm looking at the schedule Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, um, you know, obviously Rams, Dallas, but I would imagine Fox would protect that one. Um, even Vikings, Packers would be better. It, Cleveland, Seattle, a lot of choices that would be better, but they're, they're not primetime matchups. Yeah, boy, this is it's just an interesting game because this is a game obviously the Chargers have to win, but it's one of those, oh man, if they don't, utter chaos. Oh, Staley will be fired if they lose this game. They're 2-4. and Ch- four. Their season's on the line here. I mean, Chicago? Playing well. I mean, they don't they have as many wins as the Chargers? I saw this uh, TikTok today of... It, the Chicago fans have already embraced Bajan. Like, Justin Fields is... is you know he's in the past now. It's hilarious. I saw this guy with a thick Chicago accent singing the song. He's like Secret Agent Man. Like that's our guy. I was like, oh my god, Fields is going to get traded. Like you know, they love this guy. It's honestly one of the best things about football because like you don't get this. You surely don't get it like in the NBA. Uh, really not in baseball or hockey where like there's such a high got pick and like you're just always like oh. Like it's you know how much leeway that player gets and then but like football if you even if you're a high pick and you suck and there's like this undrafted division two guy slicing it like like we will like we're behind you like hundred percent like just act like absolutely I I you know I mean damn right Justin Fields should be worried like this guy just comes in there and, and ran the offense you know I you know, people, when's the last time the Bears won a game by eighteen points easily. I mean, the fans must have just been like, oh. That was, I mean, honestly, Sunday was a day for Sunday ticket for me. Because uh, the only games I got were Raiders-Bears and Oof. Buffalo Patriots, 10 a.m. And then we got the Chargers-Chiefs and then the, the Sunday night. But, like, so I was watching the Raider game in Chicago. I'm just like, Chicago's up and down. I know the Raiders suck. And, and, and I was watching this guy. He's just running the offense. And he wasn't even throwing the ball, like, down the field too much. It was just like, here's a screen. Here's a little, like, just quick slant. Here's just boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, you know, touchdown. I, yeah. I, Shows you how quick it changes in the NFL. It's like, Fields is already last it's week's just, Well, it's like, too, it's like, well, can, can Matt Eberflus co- coach? You know, I mean, I don't This team sucks. Like, on paper, the team sucks. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
if he only wins four games, like, does that mean he's a horrible coach? Like, what, what does, like, Andy Reid win with this team? You know, <laughs> like... All hell will break loose if they win this game at Chicago. I mean, at the Chargers, but... I mean, obviously, as we say every single week when the Chargers play at home, it will be all fans of the other team there. But even so, Chargers have to win this one, and they probably have to win it going away, or the calls for Staley to get fired are just going to continue to get louder oh, and louder. Staley, I mean, people, I mean, it's starting to turn on Justin Herbert. Yeah, the the tide has turned against everyone there. Eckler too. They're like, why is he? I mean, he's been awful this year in the games he's played in. I think last year he had like, or last week he had like thirty something yards. They're like, what's going on there? Um, Sunday night football, again, or Monday night football, a terrible game. The Raiders coming off of getting spanked by by uh, Chicago. They go to Detroit. It looks like Jimmy's going to return. Detroit's favored by eight and a half. The Lions have to curb stomp them. This has to be like a 24-plus point victory, or Lions fans are going to start to panic after that bed shitting last week in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders are terrible. I mean... Uh, Detroit should win by at least two touchdowns at home to this Raiders. I mean, the Bears put 30 on them? Like, come on. At home, Detroit, come over there pissed from getting railed by the Ravens. Like, this, I mean, this could be like, I think it could be like 42 to 7. You would hope. I mean, your pick of Detroit as your number three power rated team last week didn't look so great, but they got to get back on track. If they win by, you know, 20 plus points here I think that'll calm everybody down because they'll be six and two basically at the halfway point and every every Lions fan in America would take that one Uh, let's head over to your jack and the bum of the week we got a lot of candidates um, but one obvious winner we'll start with uh, the Lions the aforementioned Lions losing 38 to six I believe it was 35 nothing at the half one of the worst performances by a contending team in recent memory um, it's not even one of those games where it's like, God, everything went wrong. They just got spanked. Deshaun Watson was running on him. Gus Edwards was running on him. Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson. Uh, was. I mean, he's throwing everywhere. I think he had not his career high in passing yards, but it was a top five for him. Uh, 357 passing yards plus a rushing touchdown as well. He carved him up. Um, Lions were, I believe, plus three in that game. when They lost by 32. So you get nominated for the Jack and the Bum of the Week when you miss your uh, Vegas expectation by 32 points. The Bills, of course, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, losing at New England, giving up 29 points to Mac Jones and the horrendous Bill Belichick Patriots. Um, the Raiders, I mean, we just said it. They, uh, There's no reason that they should be this bad. Uh, I get that Jimmy's hurt, okay, but you have some stars on that team. How are they this bad? They're three and four. They probably should be one and six. Um, and then Jordan Love was awful again. And then Ritter, who's going to be my constant nominee for Jack and the Bum of the Week. Uh, three more red zone turnovers last week. And Arthur Smith just losing his shit on the sideline every time one of those plays happens. It's not like a supportive, hey, we can do this, Desmond. It's a get your fucking ass over here. What the hell are you doing kind of look. Uh, so Ritter will always be a Jack in the Bum of the Week nominee, but you're going with your hometown boys. This this week has some good candidates. In uh, you know, just to comment on the uh, nominees here, uh, Jordan Love doesn't Ritter like this might be the worst thing. It, it, like you're not even you're not even good enough to be the Bum of the Week. Like you have to, it has to matter. Like we don't hand out Jack in the Bums to bums because it doesn't no one cares, and that's why you're not going to be the Jack in the Bum of the Week because. 
you're a, a certified bum. And <laughs> like bums are, bums are the weak are reserved for high expectations, low performance. Essentially, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Which kind of uh, negates why I, I would have chosen the Raiders if it wasn't for my actual pick. Because the Raiders were, boy, that they could have fired multiple people. Could have been Devontae Adams. You're going to say whatever the hell you said like post-game last week. How selfish-ass comment, like, ah, you know, we won, but, like, I want the ball. I want the ball more. Like, it's about, it's about me being great. Well, I saw you dropped a pretty easy touchdown against the Bears. Oh. So, could have been you, but it went the whole team. Josh McDaniels, like, never should have been hired. They should have kept Rich Passaccia, who hand-wrote letters to everybody, like a total sweetheart that he is. <laughs> could have been the Bills. You're awful. Lions, Lions, I would have said no because kind of like Jalen Hurts last week, like they're good enough to the point, like you have to be probably a bum twice in a row. Like Jalen Hurts looked looked really good last, not last night, but Sunday night, you know, yeah. just one bad game. Not like, so Lions, you get one bad game against Lamar, who's could be your MVP right now, especially if you're an NFC team. I think Lamar's record against teams in the NFC like is astronomical because they just yeah. don't see him or like scout him nearly as, you know. Right. But yeah, my jack in the bum of the week is the 49ers defensive line, who arguably is the most overpaid and underperforming anything in the NFL this year. Uh, like I said earlier, Nick Bosa, who held out, got $34 million a year, has one sack this year, I think, while being blocked by a human being. <laughs> um, can't tell if Armstead's playing. Javon Hart, Hargrave, has been has been solid. Like he, He's getting to the quarterback a bit. Um, but none, none of those guys stopped the run. I mean, Randy Gregory has come to our team, and he's been the best defensive line the last couple weeks. Um, Kirk Cousins, who doesn't move, uh, drops back 45 times, and we don't touch him. And I, our D-line's got to be making $80 million. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And big picture, it's got to get fixed, like, this week. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm not like the most nerdy X's and O's guy. You know, I watch some of it, especially defense. But like, I are they not running hard enough? Like, or hard, as I mean, they've been dominant. Like, I don't. If it's you're not, not like if you're not hurt, like an I, all pro or something. Like, like that's my thing. Like for for Bosa, right? And for like most players, like I mean, I mean, ninety nine percent people. Like people are saying, like, oh, he got paid, and like, uh, like no. These guys are not, they're not wired like that to get paid and then start dogging it. Maybe like one or two guys in the entire league in the NFL. The other leagues, the NBA, hell yeah, they all do it. But the NFL, I just don't believe that. And it's not like he's getting double or triple teamed like more often. Like he was last year. He was, I mean, he, and he's been dominant. And I thought, I mean, this, this D line is arguably more talented than the Super Bowl one four years ago. I mean, Bosa, Armstead, and then Gregory's just as good as D. Ford, and then you know Buckner's being replaced by uh, Hargrave. I think Buckner's a better all-around player, probably. Right. Hargrave's probably a better pass rusher, but yeah, I, I mean, Steve Wilkes is blitzing more, and we're still not getting to the quarterback against you know decent offensive lines, average, below average, you know, throughout the entire season. Gonna get I told another. you. I told you yesterday. Darisau and O'Neal were both great. Our tackles were great. Darisau had an unbelievable game shutting down Bosa. But our interior offensive line is awful. I mean, it is bottom of the barrel. And I mean, there was a couple times that the A gap got some pressure, and there were some tackles for loss. But for the most part, that interior pass rush of the Niners just did not get home in a game where they had to have it. It's just one of those games, like. 
like that's one where like you like you really like you you gotta you invest so much into one area you you have to like you don't need to play like a game where you get seven eight sacks or something you know but like a critical third down like in the fourth quarter can you strip sack even just a sack I mean I, what did Vikings punt one time <laughs> yeah once probably. and they probably and I was arguing that they shouldn't have it was like that. Second to yes. last drive, I, I right? would have gone for it. It was like fourth. I would have. Oh, I was like, if I was me, I'd go for it. We can't stop nothing right now. <laughs> or I would have kicked it. Yeah. Like it may have been a damn hard, like far kick, but the guy had already made one fifty yarder, and like, he, I I'd risk trying to get the three points than to give up. Like, what did that end up being? Like twenty fifteen yards, net. Maybe after the punt touchback. Yeah, twenty-two yard punt. I was so mad at the time. I was like, "You either I was go like, for it or because they even said on the broadcast, like, oh, Kevin O'Connell might want to rethink that one after the game.' I'm like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they had three options: kick, field goal, punt, or go for it. And I thought they chose clearly the worst one. Yes, uh, but didn't matter because uh, we didn't stop him after that. Well, I guess yeah, I guess we did. Um, miss kick doesn't count. Um, yeah, when Joseph missed that kick at the end of the game, I thought it was over. I thought Purdy was going to march him down and win the game. I was like, here we go. Thank God for that pick by Bynum. I was so like, there's... I was, yeah, I just, but not, not, nothing. I mean, just like one time. I mean, just one time. Like, we're, we're paying you guys a lot of money. <laughs> it's always been the strength of the of the Niners really going back. And to Kyle said it game. Someone asked him, like, you get enough from your pass rush? He said, no. Basically. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I was like, thank you. So there's Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week. The 49ers defensive line, no sacks last week against the Vikings. Uh, let's go over to my You Like That Picks of the Week. We went 3-2 and two last week. We're 20-13-2 in 2023. Um, last week, we got there with the uh, over in the Detroit-Baltimore game, over 42. Uh, the Buffalo-New England under 42.5. What a wild game. I don't know how we didn't get that one, but New England pulls the upset. We got there with the Giants and the Vikings, and then we lost with Green Bay just barely. Um, this week I'm looking at some teams uh, at home that are uh, modest uh, underdogs, looking at some big favorites as well. Um, I like Tennessee plus three against Atlanta. I think Arthur Smith isn't a very good coach. I think Desmond Ritter is an awful quarterback. And a team like that cannot be favored by three on the road against anybody. So I really like Tennessee there. Uh, Philly minus five and a half at uh, Washington. I thought this line should have been like nine and a half. I was very surprised when it opened at five and a half. I think they're putting too much stock in that game that happened recently between these two teams. Uh, Washington is in the dumps right now. They're not protecting the quarterback, and they're facing a Philly team that's just monstrous on both lines. Really like Philly there. Miami minus eight and a half at home against New England. Again, another one I thought would be closer to 13. I was surprised that it was at eight and a half. Um, this is one where I'm taking a risk here. Seattle minus two and a half against a very, very good Browns defense led by Jim Schwartz. Uh, but I think with DK Metcalf coming back for this game, I like them to put up some points. And I don't think PJ Walker is going to be able to keep up with the uh, Seahawks offense with those three very good wide receivers. Uh, and then we're going to go the Niners minus four and a half. I know you're scared to see that one on there, but I think this is a good spot for them. Yes, Cincinnati's coming off the bye. But I think everyone in that locker room is looking at that D-line and saying, you guys have to perform this week. You're playing against a team that cannot run the ball and has a very suspect offensive line. I think they get to Burrow. I think they win this one going away. 
there's your five. You like that picks of the week for week eight in the NFL. We're 20-13 and two so far in 2023. We're going with Tennessee plus three, Philadelphia minus five and a half, Miami minus eight and a half, Seattle minus two and a half, and the Niners minus four and a half against the Bengals. Joey, it's time for your Feels Great Baby, your wildest take you feel best about currently, and you're looking ahead to the upcoming deadline. Yeah, I feel pretty great about the uh, NHL trade deadline. Uh, NHL, what the? <laughs> NFL trade deadline being uh, being pretty wild. Uh, I think people are going to get moved. I think the fact that there's six or seven quarterbacks potentially could go in the top, you know, on the first round next year, I think people are going to start, you know, setting themselves up for uh, – potentially getting one of those guys and um, I think there's some, like I saw a report today Tennessee's going to shop Hopkins and Derrick Henry and um, usually the uh, NFL trade deadline is like one of the probably the least active out of all the trade deadlines um, I think that might change a little bit this year uh, at least I hope so because uh, trades are kind of exciting um, saw one a lot of good candidates yesterday or a couple Big days ago one. yesterday that Philly got uh, the all pro safety from Tennessee Kevin Byer. Byard. Um, yeah. It's like all pro, right? It's like, what do you get? Uh, we got uh, kind of like average player and a fifth and a sixth. <laughs> For an all pro. <laughs> I know. Safeties <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah, all pro. Wild. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be crazy. Um, uh, look for the Niners. Well, I, I – <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this, but you know, we might need some pass rushers, even though we just traded for one and already have, like, a bunch. Um, but, yeah, I think that would be I, – I think things could be brewing. Yeah, you mentioned a couple good trade candidates there in Henry and D-Hop. I would add one Saquon Barkley. I think him on the franchise tag on a team that's going nowhere that probably needs a reset button. Uh, I think he would be an interesting trade candidate. I was looking for the Vikes. I, I would like to get a guy like Saquon or, or um, Derrick Henry, but I just don't think that's a good fit with the way we play. I look at James Conner as someone I'd like to get because our running game is just its not dynamic at all. we got four guys in that backfield, and none of them are, are you know, thumpers. None of them are, you know, really all that talented, period. And I, I think Conner <laughs> would be a good fit in there. I mean, uh, Madison. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just not good. All of them. <laughs> Madison, Akers, Chandler, Wangwu, they're all okay. They're all, I would say, C-minus running backs. Like, let's go get a B-plus. Let's go get a guy who can, you know, actually, like, thump and get us three yards when we absolutely have to have it because right now we don't have that on the team. And then, as you said, the Niners probably look in the pass rush direction. Probably not going to be any significant quarterback moves. It looks like the Jets are going to stick with Wilson, so I don't think we, we can expect any trades of that variety. But a lot of those running backs and wide receivers and defensive ends are probably going to ch- ch- uh, switch teams here. Um, I think the biggest name that I have seen floated as a possible trade candidate would be Patrick Sertan from uh, the Broncos. Obviously, every team would love to have him. I, if I'm the Vikings, I would trade anything that the Broncos want to get him, but I don't think they'll they'll trade him. At least they shouldn't if they have any intention on winning next year. So um, he's a guy really I thought the Niners might, might go to. Um, the biggest one, if he is moved, would be Devontae Adams. Yeah, just I, that would be awesome. I just don't think there's any way that teams can move that kind of money in season unless they have a ton of space. Like, yeah, a team like Chicago, who's like $60 million under the cap, could take him. But, yeah, probably not too many teams that could take on his huge salary. Would love to see him go to a contender. I think he's a good, hey, good, good the, guy. I'm pretty sure the Niners got $42 million in cap space. <laughs> Which I don't understand how that's possible with, with <laughs> these guys. 
classic uh, Eddie DiBartolo, Jed York math. Uh, gonna, probably I was like, like boop, 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 and I'm like, oh, we're 42 under the cap. Which I guess all that means is like we just pushed everything to next year, like, which I don't, I don't know. The bill is going to come like, to it. It's not point. like like hockey where it's like you can't do all that stuff, but like football is like you rip up the contract and just redo another one. And well, there's that method that the Saints Mickey Loomis did, where I think the entire Drew Brees era he kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, and then I think that it was the 2021 Saints were something like you know. 60% of their cap was dead money, and that's when Sean Payton said, I retire. Like, that was the year where it all came due. So, uh, in the We're NFL, you can do some creative math, but yeah, the Niners are getting there probably two, three years down the road when Purdy needs to get paid. So, um, that's Joey's Feels Great Baby. The trade deadline's going to be wild in the NFL this year. Um, time to close the pod. Let's talk about something that happened this week outside of the NFL. I saw this story, and this was something that I had to talk to you about. Uh, the NLCS this year pitted two teams that I mean nobody expected to be there Philly the four seed and at Arizona the six seed all that being said you know it's the NLCS the winner of this goes to the World Series this is supposed to be massive game three granted 2 p.m. start time on a weekday I get it nine dollar tickets were available for the ALCS in Arizona like, that made me think, is it time to contract some teams? Like, I know there's no way this will ever happen, but, like, if the quality of your product is so bad that the biggest games, you know, second biggest games you can have as a fan in baseball is a home championship series game, and those tickets are selling for $9 on the secondary mar- market, you know, $50, $60 under the listed ticket price because nobody wants to go, that is a gigantic problem for your league. I don't think contracting teams does anything to help that, though. Because I think there are good teams. Like, there are... Like, if you can... What do you mean, like... You mean, like... My point is, like, okay, Tampa Bay, Miami, these markets that, not necessarily just in baseball, we'll talk, you know, the Florida Panthers, you know, in hockey, there's just teams that, even if they become incredible... Nobody wants to go. Like, the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, they haven't been good since 2001 when they won the World Series with Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling and Luis Gonzalez. Like, they have not been relevant for 20-something years. They finally get a guy in Corbin Carroll who is now one of the 10 best players in baseball, and it's, like, electrifying. You're like, oh, my God, we made the NLCS. And even then, nobody wants to go. Like, $9 tickets. I see. I think the problem is, is bigger than that. Because I don't think it's like Arizona and Miami. I think I think most of the teams in the league would have a hard time drawing for like a midweek two o'clock game. Mm. Even if, like, I mean, I was really thinking about it. Like, it's so not baseball, but like, do you start alternating games? Like, don't play every other every day in the playoffs, so that like, they can all be at night. They can all be at night, and then on top of that. Like, you have your two best pitchers going, like, every night. Or like every three. three game, yeah. Yeah. And, like, you're not getting, like, a four start. Like, you know, they're... The the starters go one, four, and seven. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. And, because, I mean... Because I, I was talking to my dad, too. I'm, like, just benching. I'm, like, doesn't it kind of blow for baseball? Like, this shit is going to land. Like, game seven. Well, the ALCS is during Monday Night Football. Yeah. 
not a like, soul. I don't care if the, I don't care if that I don't care if that's Texans Panthers. Like no one's gonna care. Like like that's the thing, right? Like it's it's the entire league like is just in terms of <laughs> demand. I mean, really, like like I I don't know like other than like some of those like Yankees Red Sox Cubs like. I just don't. I just don't see it with baseball anymore. Like, I don't see it with fans. Like, again, the A's playing the Giants when I was like in when we were like in middle school was like the thing. Right. No one talks about that. I mean, you know, the A's are like possibly moving now, but like. But yeah, local interest in the Giants is at an all-time low. Their attendance is at a a, a low at AT and T Park by a mile. You know. But like, if you just just look at like what the media talks about, like. The shows, the first take, the Fox Sports, you know, all like NBC, what, whatever. Local radio. Like Pat yeah. McAfee. Yeah, local radio. Like yeah. they're, all they talk about is football. Like. And then sometimes the NBA. <laughs> exactly. Like. And then. Like the NBA started. Th- that's, then... my, that's my thing though. Like I'm crapping on baseball because I think they're further along in this process of like just the NFL and football in general. Because I love college football in there. Just taking over. American sports, like mm. even more than they they have. Like I said a couple weeks ago, and like the more I think about, it, I think it's freaking genius. They have to finish before football starts. Yeah, because like the other thing too, you know, we play summer baseball. Like, oh, it's nice weather. You know, have a picnic, a barbecue. You get to the playoffs, especially the East. Like earlier in the playoffs, like Minnesota has a home game, and like I've seen other Minnesota home games. Now that they're out, it's like freaking. 25 degrees and snowing <laughs> like why like why are we playing baseball like it's hard to play you know right like football imagine, is kind of imagine part if of the, it. the twins and cardinals made the world series and in november you got to find a way to find play seven of those games like it's yeah you kind of mentioned it like like rain delay like you played like the world series game or a playoff and it's like rain delay <laughs> like ball buster i mean yeah. it just because the the NBA started today, right? Who cares? Like, <laughs> just I mean, I think I saw maybe like you know Stephen A. will talk about it. He's a basketball guy, but like, I mean, the we only time I hear week. the only time I hear people talk about the NBA right now is like James Harden has basically just quit. Yeah, it's and never like, about what's going on yeah, on the court. <laughs> exactly, like. Oh, Giannis, I think, signed an extension. Like, cool. He's not going to request a trade, like, in a year. I, I just... Yeah, I mean... I, it's the point we make every week is that every league is falling further and further behind the NFL in terms of just market share. But my point more with this, with there being $9 tickets for the NLCS, is this is the equivalent of, say, you know, the Vikings host the Niners in the NFC Championship game and tickets are available for $15. Like, that would be... That would, uh, it's so inconceivable that you could never even imagine that happening. But in baseball, it is reality. You have a team who has ma- made it to within one game of making the World Series, and their fans at that point still do not care, which means that your product has a massive, massive, possibly unalterable problem. Yeah, I, I partially mentioned that because if you want people to go, like... To the playoff game, like the air, like if you want people in Arizona to go to that game, like you have to sell them on like spring training, like why that's right. important. Like you have to build it up. Like 
you know, the same people who are diehard about like week nine, whatever in the NFL, like are locked into the draft. Like these people watch right. these young men run in shorts at the combine. Like, what does he <laughs> clock at the, like, like it, and it just builds and it just never ends. Like everything the NFL does is a huge deal. And baseball is like, oh, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's like, oh, we'll get them tomorrow. Like tomorrow. It's like there's so lack of urgency. And then it's like, oh, it's the playoffs. And fans are like, I've only watched like three games all year. Uh, got to be honest, I, I don't even know the team. They're like, I'll go to the game, but uh, I only got $10 in my wallet. They're like, come on in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we factor we factor that too. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, a lot of people are probably losing their jobs, don't have much, like you know, just it's not great out there for the for you know some people right now. And it's just like if people have multiple sports, like you know, like we do, like you allocate your money. Like maybe they're going to see Josh Dobbs. <laughs> maybe they're going to go watch the Coyotes. Yeah, maybe they're going to pop up to Vegas to place a place a couple bets on on sports rather than. You know, watching their hometown team play in the NLCS. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was just one of the wildest stories of the week. I would imagine, and I say this from experience, I have bought dozens and dozens and dozens of A's playoff tickets. Under no circumstance would any A's playoff ticket, if it was played at 2 a.m., you know, at the Coliseum, no way would there be get in tickets for less than $50. Like, it's just not something that's going to happen. 2019 AL wildcard game was a Tuesday at 4 30 p.m. You know, we know what Bay Area traffic was like pre-COVID. They sold out 54,000 seats. My tickets were in the second deck in the outfield. I believe they were face value $65. Like, baseball is not in a good spot. That's the point I was trying to make there. Um, Another good pod. Uh, We finally had that pod bowl. Uh, I can't believe the Vikings won it. Yeah, it went well for me, but uh, we're still two games behind you in the standings, so... Uh, Viking season back on. Niners need to get it right this week against Cincinnati. We'll be back to recap it all next week. Hopefully a couple wins for the Vikings over the Packers and the uh, Niners over the Bengals. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us for one full calendar year. We appreciate everybody listening, rating, and subscribing. uh, And we'll keep bringing these to you as long as you keep listening. So thanks, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week. (laughs) Wow! <laughs>